The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Ooh, we got ourselves a fun show this week. My favorite kind of shows, in case you're all wondering, viewers and listeners, are the ones where I know we have way more topics than we have time for. Because I know that only the best is going to make it to air. We're going to have some stuff that doesn't make it. And it's just going to be an absolute blast. And this is one of those shows. There's great stories, great content, fun to be had. And for many reasons, there's fun to be had, not the least of which our co-host joining us this week, always bringing the fun, Elisa Rockdock is here. Hey, Elisa. Howdy, howdy. Only the best makes it to air, except when I'm the co-host. How's it going, everybody? How's it going? We all have that on our clock when uh, when Elisa would give us our her patented imposter syndrome, fishing for compliment pessimism that we that is basically her brand. <laughs> oh, and the kazoo. That's also part of the brand, too. The brand is strong. If you learn anything, it's about being consistent with your branding. That's right. You know, you know that no place else but break the business. Can you get Elisa within the first five seconds grossly underestimating herself as a creator and blowing into a kazoo. It's what the people want. It, it is. Is this not artistry <laughs> on display fully and completely? I have so many artistry. things I want to talk to you about. Oh, yeah, all right. Plenty. I have, I mean, in addition to the stories we got, in addition to the great guests we got, because mm. we do have Charlotte Sands coming up after the commercial break, tremendous indie pop artist out of Nashville has some really important, powerful things to say about mental health. And Really, in a lot of ways, she's kind of like if I was picking a fighting game and you were the character in that game and then like somebody else picked you and then like it was like the polar opposite of you. You know what I'm talking about? That's what she is. I like exactly. She's the alternate skin of you, because whereas you have the fire engine red hair, she's got the electric blue hair. I like it. So I like it. You're going to get treated to that in the next segment with Charlotte Sands, really terrific musician that we're going to be interviewing. We got the AI Overlords tip of the week. Oh. We're going to talk more if we got time, because again, we got ourselves a, quite a full dance card this evening. Uh, if we got time, we got, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Ed Sheeran copyright case. Ooh. Twitch has put out some new guidelines about branded content that are worth talking about. There's a lot going on. I also kind of want to talk to you about just like, I imagine like you got some thoughts on Eurovision. The new Zelda game, which I'm always forgetting the name of, like Tears of the Sun or Tears Breath of the, of the Tears of the Thank Yous. <laughs> I mean, it, it, some some look. I I should like the Zelda games more than I do because I like video games, but. Legend of Zelda just makes me feel dumb because I can never do the puzzles. And like, I really like it when I get to like slash stuff with Link's sword and everything. But then when I got to move like a giant block inside like two other giant blocks yeah. and you need like the right thing to do it. And, and I never know how to do it. And I have to look up a walkthrough on YouTube and I feel stupid. This is why I can't do the Zelda games. It's okay. Um, um, have, have you heard of the program Notion? 
Remind I, me to share with you my 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 Notion page. It's a it's like a database management software that usually people would use for things like business um, and 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 cool entrepreneurship type things. Um, maybe even organizing your scholastic life. I use it uh, to make an entire tracker for Breath of the Wild, where I could track an all shrines run and every page links to the relevant walkthrough for each one. So I I got you. I got you. <laughs> I might I need that now, like five still. years too late, because I still don't think I've beaten Breath of the Wild yet, and I probably should before I take on uh, whatever the hell this new game is titled. Um, we we can talk about all that if we have time. I do want to quickly talk about one silly thing before we do the AI Overlord tip of the week. I always find like one TikTok video that I get obsessed with, and if I get obsessed with it on the same day that I have to record Break the Business, then we're going to talk about it on the show, and that's how this works. TikTok creator Sarah Griffith. In just a brilliant attempt at combining like my two two of my favorite things. Boy, does this algorithm know me well, okay? Sarah Griffith has created a video series on TikTok where she identifies major league baseball players uh. who have names that sound like they should be Star Wars characters. Mm. Just going right for my heart, this Sarah Very Griffith. Good. And I just want to, uh, Lauren, do we have a clip of one of these videos that we can play for everybody? I know a lot about Major League Baseball and Star Wars because I have the brain of a 10-year-old boy. So I'm going to be starting a series now called MLB Players with Star Wars Names. These are baseball players' names that I think you could plug into any Star Wars movie and it would completely make sense. Um, if you don't understand the concept of this, you'll get it in a second. Starting with Boba Shett. I don't yep. have to explain myself. You hear it, right? It sounds like Boba Fett. Perfect example. <laughs> Next up, we have Cal Raleigh. Yep. Great baseball player name as well, but also great, great Star Jedi. Wars name. Like Cal Raleigh plays shortstop for the 1902 Boston Bean Eaters, or Cal Raleigh owns a junkyard in the Outer Rim. Either way, it totally works. <laughs> Finally, I'm going to end this first ep with what I think is the best Star Wars name in the majors right now, and that name is Lars Newt Bar. Perfect. Yes! The spelling. Lars is already a canon name in Star Wars. Like, why not? Absolutely perfect. No note. Lars Newtbar, sure. may the force be with you. I know a lot about Lars Newt. Lars Newtbar is yeah. absolutely hanging out at Mos Eisley. Absolutely. Like, listening is, to the Cantina band. Oh, that is my. Excellent. Very Lars Newt. So, just so you know, I've already put out a guest request for Sarah Griffith because I want to dedicate all of next week's show to yeah. just us talking about baseball player names that connote Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Hideo Nomo, I think, would be a good one. <laughs> uh, you know, basically, th this works better with all of the non-American Star Wars names, like you need because you need a unusual first name and an unusual last name. Boom, Star Wars. Um, but like, I mean, Cal Raleigh, you're right. That is That's a Jedi name. Like, I, I think he's the or an X-wing pilot. The Jedi Survivors game that just came out, actually. Cal, Cal Raleigh. Raleigh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cal Raleigh, uh, X-wing pilot for sure. And I think, I think we had also mentioned. I think she talked about this on another TikTok that she did of this. That any of these would also work as Dungeons and Dragons names, which I know absolutely. speaks to you. Yep, yep. <laughs> Roll that in the character name generator, and absolutely, that would pop up. Absolutely. <laughs> I love anything that gives Star Wars fans a reason to start watching Major League Baseball or vice versa. That is that's just mwah, chef's kiss. I love it. I'm going to I'm trying I'm already on the hunt to get her on the show next week. Oh, all right. Before uh, and, and, you know, if we got time, I do want to talk to you about Eurovision cuz I'd love oh. to get your thoughts on that. I know you maybe you're following a couple countries, maybe you've already mm -hmm. picked a country that you're rooting for. 
And, you know, we love Eurovision around here, but I do want to get to, I think, what has now become the most favorite segment here at Break the Business. People are really rooting for the AI Overlord. Let's go and do our AI Overlord tip of the week. We have had a lot of fun. <laughs> Great visual, just like you at the end of rocking out there. We've had a lot of fun the last few weeks, really having ChatGPT, our AI overlord, provide tips in increasingly unique ways. We've been on a Shakespeare kick the last few Whoa. weeks like in it. which we actually did a Shakespearean play with Lauren, me, and Zach Sloan playing characters in a Shakespearean play that was all that was written by Chad GPT giving advice about how to do well on TikTok. By the way, I recommend thoroughly that people go back and watch that episode if you want to see one of the finest acting performances Ooh. from one Zach Sloan, who is a GD national treasure, just making a meal out of that performance. And he didn't bring it up on the show. He only brought it up after the show. But if you want to know what he was channeling in his performance, it's worth knowing. Go back to YouTube and watch Orson Welles doing a uh, champagne commercial from 1980 while drunk. Oh, beautiful. And that's yeah. what uh, Zach Sloan channeled in that performance, and it was magnificent. But we got some, but we're, we're, we're distancing ourselves away from Shakespeare this week. We're going to move into more modern literature. Yeah. To what I think is, in a lot of ways, an equally impressive form of literature to Shakespeare, and that is the trashy romance novel. Absolutely. And Elisa, well, I'm wondering you could help us with this. As a someone who's literally a professional audiobook reader, you would be more suited than anybody on this show to take a Chad GP written Chad GPT written tip of the week in the style of a trashy romance novel and narrate it for us. Oh boy! Um, right, we, now, we, typically, yeah. I specialize in uh, young adult fiction, um, so this is going to be an an interesting display of my range. <clears throat> you just got to chop off the young, and I think this it's <laughs> it's going to work. We sent. I, I think Lauren sent you the copy that we wanted you yes. to read. It yes, is. I have it, mine. It is quite tawdry mine. and trashy. Yep, I have I have the manuscript in front of me. Very good. And and now not to raise the degree of difficulty on you here, Elisa, but like if we had some like music playing in the background to kind of set the scene, I, I got something here if you Ooh, like yeah. this. Does that kind of work there a little bit? Like a like a bodice ripper harpsichord situation. Give me give me that good good Bridgerton oh. string section. Well, can, can we hear can can you hear what I'm playing right now? Oh, Lauren oh, says no, we can't hear it. All right, no, never mind I'm then. Not. I guess we don't have music this yes. week. I guess you're doing I will, this. I will picture the vitamin string quartet <laughs> underneath me That's as what I read this. <clears throat> All right, take it away. Here we go. Beneath the sultry moonlight, the intoxicating scent of jasmine filled the air as the voluptuous Isabella found herself entwined in the sinewy embrace of the enigmatic and insatiable Dante. His chest heaved with each breath, and she could feel the heat emanating from his powerful body igniting a fire within her own. As their lips met in a feverish kiss, Dante pulled away, his eyes burning with desire and a secret he needed to share. He looked deeply into Isabella's smoldering eyes, and his husky voice caressed her ears, sending shivers down her spine. 
My dearest Isabella, I must share with you a tip that will elevate your career as an indie creator to heights beyond your wildest fantasies. Isabella's pulse quickened as she listened intently to the mysterious Dante. Share this secret with me, and I shall be eternally grateful, she breathed, the anticipation building within her. My love, Dante whispered, his hot breath tickling her neck as he moved closer. The power of seduction lies not only in our physical desires, but also in the art of marketing one's work. <laughs> be bold, be daring, and capture the attention of your audience like a skilled temptress. Isabella's heart raced as she pondered Dante's passionate advice. Embrace the alluring art of promotion and use social media as your playground. Let your work tease and tantalize your followers, drawing them in with the irresistible allure of your creativity. Allow your audience to become entangled in the throes of passion for your art, leaving them yearning for more. <laughs> As Isabella's mind swirled with newfound inspiration, Dante continued, And remember, my love, to keep the flame of desire alive by engaging with your admirers, responding to their ardent praises, and fanning the flames of their devotion in the comments section. The fire of determination ignited in Isabella's soul as she vowed to take Dante's advice to heart. With every provocative post and sultry engagement, her work blossomed and her career soared to imaginable heights on the wings of the algorithm. Their love, like the unyielding passion for her craft, grew wild and untamed, fueling her success in the world of indie creation. Woo! <laughs> oh. I don't know how you made that like passionate but also hilarious at the same time, but I can think of no more fitting endorsement of your oh. skills as an audiobook narrator than what you just gave us all right now. That was tremendous. Uh, two uh, young adult novels uh, by Harper Collin imprint uh, Balzer Bray coming out in late May for y'all. <laughs> Fabulous. The the commenters are going nuts. It, it, it is unanimous. People are people are loving it. Really, really. You have done Chat GPT justice. Uh, you know, Chat GPT is just a natural language model, and so shouldn't have an opinion. On anyone's performance, but even Chad GPT thinks that you really delivered there. Thank you. See, and 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 thank you to Chat GPT. I will I will always thank it, just in case. That's right. Oh, now yeah. When the, when the revolution <laughs> comes, we want to make sure that you're spared. All right. Another thing that we talked about last week. So Zach Sloan did a lot of great stuff for us last week. In addition to turning in that incredible Shakespearean acting performance. Oh. Uh, he also gave us some amazing thoughts on the uh, Ed Sheeran lawsuit that we were talking about. So I, I don't know how closely you've been following this with uh, the estate. Oh, to catch catch up a little bit. Yeah. The so the estate of one of the writers of the Marvin Gaye song "Let's Get It On," not Marvin Gaye's estate, but another one of the writers, has sued Ed Sheeran, alleging that. Uh, Ed Sheeran's Grammy-winning song, Thinking Out Loud, infringes on the Marvin Gaye classic, Let's Get It On. Right. And what makes the case sort of groundbreaking and intriguing is it's the first case that's kind of making the argument that the source of the copyright infringement is not similar melody, and it's not similar lyrics, but really a similar chord progression. Oh, boy. And 
as a songwriter, I imagine you are a little frightened of the idea of similar chord progressions being the basis for copyright infringement because you know how many songs have similar chords. Yeah, it's um I mean I I I don't know. I I don't want to necessarily like step on Zach's toes here necessarily with with his thoughts, but like one of the biggest things is um as I was reading one of the pieces of evidence that is being submitted is a version of thinking out loud that literally does seg into um let's get it on as sort of a way of like see see look how easy it does it and i'm i'm scared that we are losing one of the most delightful things um it's it's almost it's almost like a little bit of a card trick it's a party trick it's it's sleight of hand that like a musician can do to medley a song into another song and have the audience go oh that was yeah. seamless or you know the the idea of of the mashup and how popular those things are on tiktok where it's like hey this thing that you didn't think was gonna fit on top of this thing actually kind of fits and it's because literally everything has already been written and we're just shuffling the same 26 letters of the alphabet the same however many chords and notes and creating new music and i'm worried that we're, we're, we're losing medleys y'all we're losing medleys i don't like it i don't like it and you know chords are such a basic building block of music right if you're playing a song in a certain key there's only so many chords that sound good in that key and there's only so many sequences of those chords that sound pleasing to the ear. So if we're going to give one person a monopoly over a particular sequence, that can really hurt future songwriters. Especially when you consider that, like, we're as as pop songwriters, which I would consider myself a, a pop songwriter, um, we're playing by the rules of the game We're we're taking like the the average of what we think would be appealing to an average ear and a lot of those are going to sound like you know you're like one four five whatever the heck chord progressions that we have been familiar with you know since that structure has been popular in terms of like western popular music um and that's part of what makes things like samples work really really well in hip-hop and yeah. you know we're, we're going to be losing like entire like literally like entire recipes of entire genres of music. If we're going, I was waiting for you to say we're losing recipes. You got so I knew that I knew that was coming. <laughs> well, and if it, if it sounds like we're talking like the sky is falling, we're not the only ones who feel this way. There was a really powerful editorial in the Washington post that came out. Uh, I think yesterday, as we record this by songwriter, Elizabeth, ne Elizabeth Nelson, and the headline of it, if, if, if you think we're being like dramatic and end of times in the way that we've talked about this, the headline of Elizabeth Nelson's article is literally the Ed Sheeran lawsuit is a threat to Western civilization. Damn. Seriously. And now the reason why I mentioned Zach Sloan earlier, Elisa, is because this is going to be the ultimate great minds think alike moment. Lauren, could you show uh, the clip of the article that uh, I sent you? Because, uh, you know, she she kind of talks about some of the things that we were talking about. So this is from the article. Elizabeth Nelson says, quote, in its simplest terms, a chord progression is a sequence of grouped notes arrayed in the chosen manner of a composer to create a melody, the scaffolding on which essentially all songs are built to complete the metaphor. 
The lawsuit and its implications are the musical version of saying to a painter, you have to pay to use red. Someone else used it first. To which I submit, Pantone is literally making people do that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of getting into that world. And so now this is the great minds think alike moment because this was in the Washington Post yesterday. Lauren, can you play the clip of what Zach Sloan said last week on this program? Melody and the lyrics are the same. That's copyright infringement. In no world would anybody think that chord progressions could give rise to copyright infringement because there's only so many chords. If you play a song in a certain key, there's only so many chords that sound good in that key. And so, and there's only so many sequences of chords that sound pleasing to the ear. So if we're going to give one artist a monopoly over a chord progression, to me, that is the same as giving a poet the rights, the exclusive rights over iambic pentameter. You know, and imagine if uh, if only Shakespeare could use iambic pentameter and we weren't able to do our Chad GPT performance just now and how how much worse off the world would be. Well, I think it's even bigger than that, right? I think it's more akin to saying only this painter can use red. Because <laughs> it is these chord progressions are so common. In fact, I remember seeing an interview with Ed Sheeran where he basically said not only are almost all pop songs the same basic four chords, you can sing almost any pop song over the same basic four chords, mm -hmm. and he proceeded to do it. Yeah. Um, so now, like, I I'm going to attribute that to either great minds think alike, you know, Elizabeth Nelson and Zach Sloan, or Elizabeth Nelson secretly a fan of Break the Business. You know, maybe checking out the Liz. show, but I, I, I see you. But, like, I mean, I mean, how about that, though? I mean. It's facts, though. It's it is wild because, you know, we're we're trying like literally in pop music, we're trying to make things the most sort of like palatable thing possible. And we are trying to use a formula that has been known to work well and then being penalized for literally playing by the rules. And then in the meantime, on on the other end of the spectrum, we have people going, yeah, let's write music with A.I. Anybody can literally write anything. It's just the same four chords over and over again. We could just make an A.I. do that. So it's it is a it is a wild ass devaluing of creative work that we are seeing, um, and and the also end the of fact West, a threat to Western civilization, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like de devaluing the work of a creative um, until you know it it comes it, it comes time to actually produce something of quality. Well, <clears throat> we'll see how that works, and oh. and and it kind of sucks that it's up to. It's it's up to a jury in a lot of these cases where you can have any manner of of person um, musicologist being like, yep, they sound the same. But then not maybe necessarily going the extra step of being like, yeah, and everything else does play the axis of awesome video again for the yeah. umpteenth time every time one of these cases comes up. Well, yeah, ah. I mean, we talked about this on the show last week. Every pop song in the 1960s was one six four five you know c a minor f g and every pop rock song in the 90s and 2000s was one five six four you know uh c g a minor f like there's there's you know, the, like you like because but because chords are not material it's the building blocks of songs it's the dna of songs if you give one person exclusive rights to the dna you can't make new stuff and that's yes. quite troubling
All right. Got another story for you, Elisa, before we bring out our, our Charlotte Sands interview and go to break and all that. Uh, turning our attention to Twitch, where I know a lot of people are watching this program right now. It's where uh, you can find Elisa Rock Doc doing some uh, a wide range of things. Sometimes. We, we certain, sometimes. We as certainly, soon as the semester is over and I finish grading all these papers, I will be back on Twitch. <laughs> God, that's uh, echo. Ditto. Yes. The real um, so... Uh, Twitch announced recently on May 2nd that they're adding a feature that's going to allow creators to easily identify whether their streams include sponsored content or content Beautiful. that includes endorsement or product uh, where a creator has a material connection with the brand. This rollout mm -hmm. follows YouTube rolling out a similar feature recently. And so the way it works is going to work now with Twitch is now with a simple checkbox, creators on Twitch by checking the box, we'll have a little icon that appears on their screen that tells their viewers that they're watching branded content. The icon will appear for about five seconds when a viewer joins and then it goes away. And you're probably asking, well, why is this important? Why do I want that icon on my screen? And the answer is because it helps you comply with Federal Trade Commission disclosure, disclosure laws. If you are doing branded content, you need to let people know that you're doing branded content. And I think it might be useful, Elisa, before we go to break, to talk a little bit about what that means and what kind of the general rules are, while also pointing the viewers and listeners to where they can find more resources on this, because it's super important and it can get kind of tricky. So you want to review this stuff if you're going to get into the branded content game, which you should, by the way. Great way for creators to make money on the platform and to, and to partner with great organizations who want to partner with you. But let's talk about some of the general points here. The FTC, Federal Trade Commission, requires that when a creator is endorsing a product in their content, such as a social media post where you're, you know, showing off a brand or, or some kind of advertisement, mm. or you're, you know, you're doing branded content in a Twitch live stream or on a podcast, you need to make that endorsement clear. You cannot uh, have this branded content and not tell the world that that's what this is. And you can, you know, it doesn't have to be a long, extensive disclosure. You can yep. you can have the words advertisement, sponsored, or even just say something like, thanks, company, for this free product in your post. If you're doing social media, uh, hashtag ad works just fine and tends to be the weapon of choice for sponsored content. And uh, so you might be wondering, well, how, when does when does something considered an endorsement of a product? So. If there's a creator, if uh, what, what you what you are looking for is if you as a creator are talking about a product in some kind of way, and there is what's called a material connection between the creator and the product, which means you're you work for that company, you're getting some kind of payment or consideration to feature that product in your post, which can also include, by the way, just getting the product for free, mm -hmm. uh, a family relationship, uh, any of those things can be a material connection. And if you have that material connection, you got to disclose it. And so now if you're going to do that with Twitch, so like, let's say, for example, you are a video game streamer on Twitch and a video game company says, hey, we'd love to have you have you stream playing our game and we're going to pay you a little bit of money to do it. Or we're going to send you a free copy of the game so you can play it. You got to put the word branded content in there or you can do this new feature on Twitch where you just click that little box and Twitch takes care of that for you. The only times where you don't have to explicitly disclose the branded content is one in a situation where it's clear that it's an advertisement, right? If this is a commercial mm -hmm. that you're mm -hmm. doing, 
and it's clear that it's a commercial, you don't also have to say that it's an ad. Um, or if it's overwhelmingly well known that you as that you as a creator are a spokesperson for the company. So you can speak to this a little bit, Elisa. Hmm. Uh, you have worked as a spokesperson for companies and created content on their behalf. I think of your work as a, a, a frag doll cadet, right? Yes. With, with a Ubisoft. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you made videos and content for them. You yep. wouldn't have had to put sponsored content in that content if it was clear that you were working for them and creating content for them because you know you had a direct affiliation with them that was made very clear in the post. Yeah, cool, very cool. And also, like a lot of that pre, a lot of that work predated a lot of these guidelines. Um, and it's kind of interesting seeing how that has sort of trickled. Um, personally, I know that we're thinking about in terms of maybe like music industry video game stuff. This has been a huge deal in the makeup community. Um, oh, yeah. Starting with um, makeup YouTubers, you know, getting and receiving free product and, you know, PR boxes from makeup companies and not necessarily disclosing that they received free product or that it was a paid brand sponsorship. Um, and that's also hitting TikTok in a big way because TikTok now is sort of like a Wild West and you have, you know, folks in like Gen Z, Gen Alpha, who maybe didn't, you know, grow up with like the YouTubers getting smacked by the FTC for improper <laughs> disclosures being like, yeah, I'm, um, I'm a partner, you know, I'm a, I'm just a partner with them. I'm not, it's not, it's not like a branded thing. They didn't like pay me or anything or like send me on a trip, you know, they didn't pay me. They just, you know, paid for my room and board at the and gave me a free free makeup at the just just sent me a little weekender at the ritz in dubai just a just a <laughs> just a teensy little you know just a little thing so it's but i would have made this content anyway but you know what what it does is um in a world where media outlets are closing down because people are trusting influencers and an individual um more than you know, say like a wire cutter, like a, a reviewer that reviews these products, people trust an individual. This as a content creator is going to make sure having proper disclosures, you might be like, oh, I don't want to say that I'm doing an ad. It's icky or whatever. No, 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 please do that. Because if you don't and your audience sniffs it out, they're going to lose a lot of trust in you. So it's better for you to disclose like, hey, you know what? I got this free product from this company. I worked with this company. And honestly, the community that you built will actually, you know, if, if, if you built like a decent one and, and like a positive one on the internet, your community will actually be stoked to help you out and like share this branded content so that you can make your money and be able to do this thing for a living. So proper disclosure and being totally transparent can only help you. I know it feels a little icky sometimes to do like ad stuff, but being honest is going to get you way further than you know trying to like hashtag ad in like the smallest possible font like behind <laughs> your username which people have done like oh no it's there it's there it's just like this big like just 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 be honest just be honest and and retain trust with your community that's that's the number one thing we encourage you to check out the FTC's website that they got some great guidance on this. And we're going to put a couple links in the show description for you where you can find some more resources on this, because this is a very important area of law, especially because of how lucrative this sponsored content thing can be. And I, I think it's a great path for a lot of indie creators to follow. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be joined by Charlotte Sands here on Break the Business. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business, everybody. Our guest this week is a Nashville-based indie pop artist who has been dubbed Pop Music's Secret Weapon by Alt Press. Our guest has performed at Bonnaroo, Austin City Limits, South by Southwest, and more. And her recent singles, All Right and Six Feet Under, are available now. We are happy to welcome Charlotte Sands on to Break the Business. Hi, Charlotte. What's up? I'm so happy to be here. So happy to be chatting with you. I feel like the radio audience is really missing out here. The folks that can't see what we're doing are missing out on the experience that is your awesome blue hair, Charlotte. This is <laughs> They're so bad right what now. What a terrific do you have right now. Oh, come come now with your modesty. That is <laughs> that is a cool look. I very much wish I could pull it off. How long ago did the blue hair start? Um, I've had it for probably like six years now. Um, I, I tried every color when I was like in middle school and I just like always dyed my hair. And then for some reason, my mom was like, you should try blue. And I was like, mom, you don't know what's cool. Like you, how, why would I do what you tell, tell me to do? And then I did dye it blue and it's been blue ever since. So, and it looks amazing. Thank you it's, so it's, it's like an electric blue, which looks super cool. And it, it, like it natural hair color at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're a natural blue head, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of just gotten obsessed with your biography. I read your bio and a lot of it just screams like the awesome music story. I'm going to read a direct quote from your bio because I don't want to paraphrase it and not do it justice by wording it perfectly. Okay. This is from your own biography. At 18, she stole her mom's car, found a roommate on Craigslist and left her home in Hopkinton, Massachusetts for Nashville, Tennessee, with a plan to take a year off before attending Berkeley College of Music, she never went back. 
Th- th- I mean, that sentence in any artist's bio is going to grab you. Can you take us to that time in your life? I mean, stealing a car. Oh, I'm just going to take a year off before I start college. Never mind. I'm a rock star now. Take us to that point in your life. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I grew up in uh, Massachusetts and I'm really lucky because I, I, I wish I could have like this story that was like, and not like, I just wish that I was like, it was more interesting in the sense of my parents didn't believe in me and they wanted me to go to college. But honestly, I've, I've had such supportive family members and my family always knew that the second I was able to leave, I was going to be out of there so fast. Um, but I grew up kind of like on like Bonnie Raitt and Cheryl Crow and like Michelle Branch and all of these um, incredible women that were making their music in Nashville. And so I, when I was in high school, I was just like obsessed with the idea of like being neighbors with like these incredible like songwriters. And um, so I, as soon as I graduated, it wasn't even like a week and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm out of here. Um, I was basically took my mom's car. I was supposed to bring it back. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, mom. I promised her that I was like, believe me. I was like, this car is nothing compared to the car, the fleet of cars I'm going to get you in the future. I was like, just, it's an investment. Okay. (laughs) Um, But uh, I, yeah, I took her car. I was, I was, I deferred all my applications to college, but I always knew that I wasn't going to go. There was no part of me that was like, that's going to work out. I think I just wanted to make my like teachers happy and my, give my parents a little hope that I was going to have like a normal like life but um yeah the second I got to Nashville I just like I just knew it I'm kind of like a throw yourself into it and then like sink or swim kind of person I like to be fully I'm a full send girl um if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it with every ounce of my energy and being and that's kind of what I did I was like I'm either gonna make it or I'm not but I'm gonna die trying (laughs) that is this this decision certainly worked out for you and I like to think it worked out for the student who Mm -hmm. was first on the wait list at the Berkeley College of Music, who got a phone call. It's just like, uh, that blue-haired girl dropped out. The seat's yours if you want it. And now, so you've made two people happy. That's always good. And it's it's super funny. Like, the funniest thing to me is, like, I'll play college shows, and there's, like, a few colleges that I got, like, rejected from. And I'll, like, go back now and, like, play these shows at these colleges and be like, I was supposed to be attending this school with you guys. <laughs> it's, it's so funny, but it's it's just so weird to see where my life would have been in so many ways versus where it is now and um, for better or for worse. <laughs> well, let me ask you more about that decision to forego college. We're going to go off the board a little bit, but it's a topic we've talked about on this show. And a, 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 we'll call it a piece of advice, but a, a, a thought that I've had on this program, because we actually had a, a listener ask a question a few weeks ago about, should I go to college or should I you know, go into my music career? Because I think that's what my passion is. And what I said on that show is kind of similar to your story, which is college is always going to be there. If you have a supportive family and they're on board with it, there is something to be said for your parents saying to you, take a year or two between high school and college while you know you don't have a lot of obligations yet and throw yourself into a career and give it a real shot. And after two, you know, a year or two, if it isn't where it is, then you can go to college. But that way you don't have to ask yourself, what if? Because you can probably speak to this better than anybody. The career that you went after in music, it couldn't have been a part-time job. It's probably something you would have had a lot of trouble balancing with a full-time college career. So you threw yourself into it. And if it didn't work out, you could have gone back to school. But 
Yeah. Now, it sounds like it. you're glad it didn't. <laughs> well, honestly, I think so much of it, not even for me as much as like nerv being nervous about like the time and not being able to put enough into it. I think my my opinion was always if I have one foot in each door, I'm not fully committed to either path. So mm. it's like I'm not fully committed to going to college where I'm not like invested in that like path in that place that I'm kind of like like that's not really good either like for what that's part of me and so I think I've always realized that I was like I just I think sometimes just it's better to just completely jump I when you have a backup plan and you have a safety net no matter what your subconscious is always like at least we have something to fall back on but the second you don't have that anymore your body and I feel like your mind is like this is it so we have to make it work and you go into like the survival mode of like you have to make it happen. Like you have no other option. And I think for me, and to be completely honest, like I, the first few months that I was living alone in Nashville were like the hardest months of my entire life. I called my mom every day crying. I booked flights home almost every day. Like oh, I gosh. was, it was miserable, but I remember my mom saying to me, um, she, I called her one day and she was like, you have to give it three months before I'll let you back into this house. And she said it was the hardest thing she's ever had to say to me, but she was like, I knew that if you came back, you would have regretted it. And I knew if you stayed for three months, you would have like be created a life there and been able to like stick it out. And I think just being able to give something three months of like, I have to make this work no matter what, um, completely changed the entire projection of my life. Because if I didn't, I would have kind of, I would have kind of given up. I would have been like, well, I shot my chance, but I always had a backup plan. So it wasn't actually, it's not actually shooting your shot when you know that you have something to fall back on. And so I, I think my recommendation would be, I think everybody should take a gap year. I don't, I think everyone, even if you want to be a lawyer, I think you should take a gap year. I think having a year of just like self-discovery without anybody's criticism or like judgment of what path you should take and being able to just like exist in the world is so important. Um, what I wanted in the year I graduated high school versus the, what I wanted and knew I was capable of one year after that was completely different um, just by being a, an adult in the world. Um, and yeah. so yeah, I would say that like everyone take, just take a gap year, throw yourself into it as if you have no other path and as if you have no other option and fully commit to that path and that identity. And then like, I think that's the only way to like really find out if, if that's something you want to do or if it's something you're like capable of doing um you just have to commit yeah a few thoughts come to mind there one is the immortal words of ron swanson from parks and recreation which is don't half-ass two things whole ass one thing and yes you know you you could have half-assed music and college at the same time but you realized you would get more success by whole assing your music career and finding the success there. Secondly, and of equal importance, your mom sounds really cool, Charlotte Sands. I hope you appreciate that she's like the coolest lady we've ever heard. Yeah, um, she she great. really is. I can't imagine making like saying that to somebody and being like, and I she literally said that she hung up the phone and just like cried and was just oh. like, Oh my God, am I a bad mom? And I was like, No, she's like she's like solely responsible for like so much of like my, me being able to Dude, I, there are so many parents that would have been like, I told you that wouldn't have worked or like all that stuff. And I just, that was never the case for me. Like, and I, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for my parents. Yeah. I have the best parents ever. And what a tremendous journey it has been for you. And you were talking a little bit earlier in your story there about 
how tough those you know first three months in Nashville were. And I know you've had a fair share of struggles with mental health in your career, which mm-hmm. I'm happy to talk to you about only because that's a pretty common journey for many independent creators. Um, I don't know if it's something about being a creative person and just being wired as a creative that I think puts folks in your line of work at a particularly high risk of mental health issues, but it's something you struggle with. You have a couple new singles out right now that are both kind of stories about your journey with mental health. Can you talk a little bit about that journey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's really interesting. I think when you're like in high school and you're growing up, there's all this stuff going on. There's so many emotions and this like journey that you're going through. But then I think when you also add in additional like attention that you get from social media or that you get from like performing live and then you add in like the like the constant like need to create and feel like people are depending on you creating art, which is just like something that's not a natural like art is like this is like a weird thing that nobody can explain. I don't know how to be creative or when it comes or when it goes. It's just something that's like it when it works, it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. So it's like it's not really something you have control over. And so it's like I feel like I for a really long time I've just been this like melting pot of like really weird life experiences and I think especially for creatives like your entire life being dependent on this thing that you can't really explain how you do it or like um where it comes from and it's just kind of like hoping that you are able to do it again and then you add in a different additional pressure of like the money side of it and then the team side of it and the all of that kind of stuff it just can it can get really 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 heavy really quickly and I think that's kind of what happened with me is I felt like I had so much and I still feel this way so much, but like there, I have so much to prove. I have so much to say. And um, I want so badly to be able to perform at such like a high level and to be able to take every opportunity and make everybody proud and to do right by everybody um, at such a high level. And, but then I also like want to be a good sister and I want to be a good uh, daughter and I want to be a good friend to people. And like, it's it's hard to balance those things and sometimes that just like it I can't and sometimes I'm really good at it and it's so easy and I compartmentalize these things and I'm organized about it and I can be effective and then other times I just get really overwhelmed and I don't know how to even like have a conversation and I don't know how like I'll there were so many times on my last tour or my headlining tour where like I would be crying before I went on stage. I would go on stage. It would be the best feeling in the entire world. I'm like, I am healed. I am where I'm supposed to be. I've never been happier. I would walk off stage, be alone and sit in silence and just, it would all come back. And it's, I think for so many people that are artists and the, it's like this constant scale of zero or a hundred and like nothing in between. It's a complete isolation and loneliness or you're getting all the attention and affirmation in the world. And finding a place where you can live with both those things is very strange. Um, and something that I'm still constantly working on. I, I still get off stage and I'm like, how do I feel like that again? Oh, I have to wait a week. I have to wait till the next tour. Like, I can't do that. Like I need that. And so then you try and find other ways to get that. And it's just like a, a thing. But um, I, I do feel like mental health is something that luckily has connected me to so many people because it's something that I really have no, for some reason, I have no hesitation in talking about, 
that it's like something that's very comfortable to talk about for me there's a lot of things that i would probably be weird about and not be as open about but i think mental health is just so normal and like um it's so important and it's completely reflective of how you treat other people and then how other people feel and then how they feel about themselves and like so i think we all owe everybody a response like it's our responsibility to take care of ourselves so that we can kind of like not be spreading any um unnecessary negativity and like harshness into the world and that's how i like to see it is like if we can talk about this and figure it out as a community and as people and be there for each other then like everyone will benefit from it and um yeah and so sorry i can talk about this forever i'll just go on and on but um i i the songs i released um is kind of like two parts of a story I feel like all right is kind of the hopeful, like things will get better and things are going to be okay. And like that light at the end of the tunnel song and which is half of how I feel all the time. I, I'm really optimistic and I'm always like, oh, this is fine. Like what's the worst that can happen? And then six feet under is kind of the other personality of mine, which is like that I'm here and I'm going to be here forever. And this is never going to get better. And I think both feelings are very, um, valid and both feelings i think a lot of people feel both a lot of people are, are on one or the other and um i go back and forth all the time but i i release those songs right next to each other so that it was kind of like however anybody is feeling they can relate to the hopeful song if they need that but they can also understand that it's completely normal to not have hope and it's also completely normal to feel like it's like the tunnel or the hole and I, I remember my friends, like his therapist told him that he's like, are you in a tunnel or are you in a hole? And because that's very different. And um, a tunnel, there's a way out and a hole is obviously like, that's it. And I think six feet under is like the hole and all right is the tunnel. And um, yeah, so that's how I, I, I kind of wanted those to be like released together in some way um, and show both perspectives of like my life and a lot of other people's, I believe. In the course of your own journey with, in mental health, have you come across any solutions or strategies that have helped you manage that helped you find more tunnels and fewer holes? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think when I in, admitting that you're not always okay is huge. And I think so many people, so much of the things I feel like I say when talking about this is like so cliche. It's like asking for help. But I think that I would always say that and then laugh it off. And then I realized that I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not actually being vulnerable with anybody. I'm not actually being like, hey, I'm not really feeling great today. That's still a huge thing for me. I'm a huge control freak. Like, I'm fine. Let's just get through it kind of person. And so even me calling somebody and being like, hey, this is too much. I can't do this today. Or like, hey, I feel overwhelmed. Or I woke up and I just have like a bad feeling today or I'm anxious or just allowing people to then meet you where you are and then choose their reaction based off of like the knowledge they have about where you are instead of just acting on how they think that you are or how they want you to be is like really important and then i think um that's what also builds like stronger relationships between people is being able to be vulnerable to each other and being able to trust each other with those um, feelings and information so that's been really helpful for me and i as well as i think um I try to like journal. I mean, that's really helpful for me because I feel like I hold all of this, these feelings and emotions here. And the second I journal, I can like feel them like, okay, now there's somebody somewhere else. They're no yeah. longer, I am no longer like holding these things. I am no longer the vessel for these emotions. 
they can be live on this piece of paper and they still exist, but they're not in my body anymore. And I feel like that's really helpful for me. Um, and yeah, I, I think that giving yourself a break and just being easy therapy is really important. Um, I'm still uh, doing a partnership with BetterHelp right now to give away a month of free therapy. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that because as you are on your own journey in mental health, you are serious about helping your fans, your supporters on their journey as well. And you've partnered yeah. with the platform Better Health to provide your fans with a month of free therapy. Did I read that right? Yeah. So if you just have to go to betterhelp.com slash Charlotte Sands and you get a month of free therapy. And um, and I, it's honestly, I, the reason I love it is because you don't need a car to get to, it's all like can be virtual. You can text if for if you that makes you feel more comfortable. You can do video chats, you can do calls, whatever. So it's like, I think that completely taking away the logistics of like having to find a time that you can get to the office. How long will it take you to drive? Or like all these things that made me really hesitant in getting going to therapy in the first place. I felt like it took away all these obstacles that I was like making excuses kind of over. And then I was like, oh, I can just text a therapist if I'm like in a weird place and I can book an appointment 30 minutes before. And, and all these kind of things that took away the my hesitance towards therapy. Um, and it's so it's really easy. You can do it all on your phone. And you can also, there's a lot of really cool things on it where you can like journal and then choose to share your journal entry with your therapist or not to if you want it to be private. And like a lot of times I would be going through all these crazy things. But then by the time I got to my session, I would be like, I'm in a great mood today. I have nothing to talk about. So, and then I would get anxious. <laughs> because I'd be like, what do we talk about? Am I just going to like, should I just like lie and make up a crazy story? Like, and um, so instead I started like kind of like journaling. And then every week I would be able to share the journal entry of like what happened that week and we could go through and actually have conversations about it, which, so it felt less overwhelming than just like normal stuff. So I really recommend therapy to anybody who wants to try it. That's really terrific. Um, for the folks out there who, uh, want to check out all right and six feet under and just learn more about you as a creator, where are the best ways to find you out there in the world? Um, I'm on all social media platforms as, um, Charlotte Sands and then yeah, Spotify, same thing, Charlotte Sands. Um, yeah, I'm on Spotify, Apple music, all of those streaming services. And we just have, a, we have a video out for six feet under as well. And all right, that I'm super excited about um on youtube so check those out as well marvelous and do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward um my biggest tip would, would honestly i mean i think i would say treat yourself as a creative but also as a business i think that like 50 percent of my identity and who i am is like a businesswoman and i see myself as like a ceo of my company That's instead great. of just a songwriter or an artist i am like i am a businesswoman and i go into meetings and i represent myself and i am a part of every conversation on the business side as well as the creative side and i think it's a lot of work but it also makes you a part of everything and you be able to like if you're going to be independent and if you are independent the whole pro is that you have creative control and you have you get to make your own choices and own decisions and to make the best choice in the decisions, you need to be a part of all the conversations. And so I would say that that is huge is like kind of look at yourself as an entrepreneur because that's what you are. And you, I look, I see it as like, you're pitching yourself on shark tank and like you are the same as those people and the sense of you um, are creating a product and selling a product on one side. And that's, that can sound really negative, but um, you will represent yourself better than anybody else. And so I, I do believe that that is, um the way to do it but i also 
I would say other advice is to just like make bad content, make good content, make just make whatever it is, just put out art, put out songs, um, make just a ton of art as much as you can. Even if you don't like it, you can always take it down. If you, if it isn't, if it isn't you in a year, take it down. But I think constantly creating, um, you'll only get better and you'll only find out more about yourself and you'll only meet more people. Um, and I think that the second I just kind of gave up and in the sense of I gave up all fear of failing and I gave up all fear of people not liking me or liking what I was doing or any care about their judgment. I let it go and I just started doing whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. And that is the second that I started receiving like these opportunities and things started, oh, you have to leave, make room in the universe for it to like reward you. And so I, I just let go of all that stuff and just like, don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid to make bad things because everyone does. And every artist that you've ever known has made songs that they probably hate now. So just do it anyway. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just that's give it up. That's marvelous, Charlotte. Congratulations. Look, please don't be a stranger, all right? We want your cool yeah. stories and your blue hair and your great music here constantly, you all right? You me, I promise. That's <laughs> what we like to hear. Thanks so much for being on the show this week. Thank you for having me. Our thanks to Charlotte Sands for joining us in that segment. Uh, if you are interested in checking out the... Uh, month free of better help therapy go to betterhelp.com slash charlotte sands that sounds like a pretty good deal to me uh that's uh exciting stuff now if better help were paying us we'd have to disclose that uh-huh. <laughs> little uh, what we like to call in this business a callback but i mean <laughs> does the uh i mean i i gotta say lisa i really value an artist who can talk that openly about mental health and what it means to them and their struggles with it I feel like there's such a strong incentive to not be authentic about that, to make it seem, you know, to to only show your best self, quote unquote, mm -hmm. on social media and things like that, that when an artist can be honest with that and make it a part of who they are and to allow fans in on that journey, it's so refreshing. It is. And especially because it it makes you think that you're not alone. Um, and even especially as an artist, like sharing that with the community, um, not not so much in a like, you know, kind of like parasocial, you know, celebrities, they're just like us kind of way. Um, but in a in a sort of like demystifying the process um, and really getting into how hard this actually is. <laughs> Um, and it's not like you can just drop everything and pick up a guitar, go viral and have all your dreams come true. Um, and, and not be affected at all by any of that. Um, so I, I, I will second that emotion vis-a-vis -vis therapy. Very important. Um, but also being honest and, and transparent with, with your community, I think helps, especially because they are way more understanding um, than you think. Um, and you are definitely not alone as a creator. Um, you know, I've, I've shared like my own struggles, like on, you know, Patreon posts and, you know, kind of like, like guilt, this feeling of guilt about like not producing enough <laughs> and not being this like effective creative machine. Um, but, you know, everyone else is like, no, like literally take care of yourself first. 
Yeah. Um, Because otherwise there's no art if there's, you know, if you're like literally not capable of, of creating it. Um, so, so feed, feed yourself um, creatively, feed your mental health, take very, very good care of yourselves, everyone. Um, so that, uh, so that we can make the world a more beautiful and, and joyful place as artists. All right. We got about 60 seconds before we lose radio here. Uh, real quick, another MLB player that sounds like they should be in Star Wars, Boof Bonzer. Tell me Ooh. that's not like the crazy pilot that's going to take you where you need to go uh, mm. on some like, you know, just completely, you know, desolate planet. Uh, and now with the time we have left, uh, any thoughts on Eurovision? You excited about it? Uh, are you as have you heard a Queen of Kings and are as obsessed with it as I am because it's all over TikTok? I'm kind of remaining unspoiled until the semifinal next week. Um, but I am very excited for the fact that people are about to discover that Hannah uh, Waddingham uh, from Ted Lasso fame is actually a brilliant uh, musical theater actress and um, has a wonderful voice in her own right. And so I'm hoping that she gets to display that next week. Is she hosting for Eurovision? She's, she's one of the commenters because they're hosting it in the UK since they can't have it in the Ukraine. What year. a treat. Mm-hmm. She because, was the original yeah. um, Lady of the Lake in Spamalot on the West End. Well, that out. doesn't surprise me because any watcher of Ted Lasso knows that girl can sing. Yep. Holy crap. You know they're going to have her sing something I at Eurovision. So. They're not going to let that go to waste. I sure hope so. It's, oh. it's, it's going to be a campy treat whatever, whatever you got going on. It's going to be so good. As if I wasn't excited enough for this. Thank you for sharing that wonderful nugget with me, Elisa. <laughs> My thanks to you are thanks to Charlotte Sands, producer Lauren, and all the viewers and listeners for checking out Break the Business. We love you so much, and we'll see you next week. See you.